Alright, Knife Nuts, this is episode 22, also known as the Donald Duck Redo. Uh, we actually recorded <laughs> this a few the days re- ago. <laughs> the replacement, the replacement episode. Yeah, we recorded this a few days ago, but uh, Jim's computer had some sort of a de- defect and it. it made him sound like Donald Duck on the recorded file, so we weren't going to put that up. Um, so this might actually turn out to be a fairly long thing because we still have to cover all the stuff we talked about then and then a bunch of stuff has happened in the meantime and uh, so we should probably get uh, started. Um, The first thing is Jonathan Eldridge posted a picture of a new version of the Buck 110 on his Facebook page Mm -hmm. and it has uh, black scales black g10 scales it has a thumb stud and then it's got a pocket clip which is um, a new thing at least for me on the buck 110 mine is just one of those old ones with the brass and the leather sheath and all that so um did some checking did some checking and uh there's one listed on the knifecenter.com page for sale but it's weird because I, I don't think it's the right one or they don't have the right picture up or something because in in the title for the item it says that it's got ebony handles and then in the description it says it's got G10 and it's listed as being a $222 street price knife uh, not available till uh, quarter four of uh, 2014. My, my guess is that that's probably a placeholder. For that knife. Yeah, the picture or whatever. Yeah, I'm guessing that probably he was just setting it up so when it comes in he can can adjust the details on it. Yeah. Um, Because the the one that I found was was a Buck 110. It had ebony diamond wood, okay, which that's... That's like that compressed crap where they take a bunch of, like, sawdust and put some glue and then... Well, I th- I'm not whatever. sure if it's sawdust, but I think it's layers. It could, and it could be sawdust. I don't know. It's it's layers of material that is, um, for lack of better terminology, it's glued together. Oh, laminate, in other words. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, uh, it's it's glued with a with some kind of epoxy, and and it's you know it's hard as rock. I mean, but the thing is, is that it's very consistent. Uh huh. And uh, the manufacturers that use them use them because they're easily machined and and they're, and, uh, they're essentially stabilized wood product. They're, yeah, they're sta- they're very st- and and they are very stable. They don't you know they don't crack. They don't warp. They don't they don't do any of the things that nat- natural woods do. Mm-hmm. Um, some people like it. You know, we used to call it clown wood. <laughs> you know, that's because because there's a lot of diamond wood that has a lot of multicolored. Yeah, um, you'll see like at the gun shows or whatever, they'll have like a box of these crazy rainbow colored handle things. Right. That, yeah. Okay. yeah. We used to call it clown wood. Okay. But um, but that's a but it's a it's a diamond wood product, um, and I on the buck site they're showing it as seventy five dollars. Now I I'm not sure. It's not the fiftieth anniversary one though, right? Yeah. No, it is. Really? It is. Yeah, that's what that's what the fiftieth anniversary one says. It's it's uh, it's seventy five dollars. Huh. Well, there must so, be some crazy. It doesn't have S thirty V steel though. That's the question. Because the one on Knife Center shows uh, S thirty V steel, and that's probably 
Although, would it account for a 70 to a $222 difference just to have S30V on there? Um, you know what? They're not even listing on the on the Buck site. They're not even listing what kind of steel it is. So my, yeah, it's my guess C. is that it's not anything special. It's $73. It's ebony, uh, diamond wood scales, brass bolsters. This commemorative version... Which will be included? Yeah. Well, the Tech one specs. the one on Knife Center has like nickel scales and all this, and that's yeah, it's, it's steel, four so. it's four twenty it's four twenty and it's um, you know maybe that was maybe it's a different one, but this one is says a one ten folding hunter fiftieth anniversary edition. Hmm. Okay. And it's and it's uh, says it's available. Blade materials four twenty. Um, black leather sheath, and so it doesn't have a doesn't have a a, a, a pocket clip. Yeah. See, that's so why I sure. think there's another version coming out with uh, S30V and ebony scales, and then uh, this mm. the nickel um, nickel metal parts to the. Uh, maybe there's knife. a maybe there's a real limited edition of it, or a collector's. I mean, a real collector's version of it. Yeah, I. Yeah, and it's got a thumb stud and a reversible pocket clip, supposedly. But uh, anyway, so that's I thought that was kind of neat. Then the other knife uh, I saw that I'm geeking out about is that orange uh, Spider Delico 4 that you... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And I looked, and Blade HQ has one for 65 bucks. So you order it? No. Yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm. Uh, it's the beginning of the year, and I have to clean my business account out at the end of the year, <laughs> so I don't get <laughs> killed with taxes. So I'm waiting for that to build up a bit before I spend any money. Well, that's funny. They have. They actually have on this 110. They actually have two different one. They have one with finger grooves and one without. But um, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff coming out. Mike is um, at at Bark River was telling me that his um, the Bravo threes are getting done, but they had some issues with the sheaths, and so he's sitting there on a pile of of um, of Bravo threes without sheaths, waiting yeah. for yeah, waiting I, for that little issue to be resolved. I saw that today. Yeah, 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 we were talking about it yesterday, and it's it's uh, yeah, it's one of those things that happens, you know. I mean, everything everything gets hung up sometimes. Yeah. I'm hung up because I don't have a grinder. <laughs> yeah, is it? It's not in yet. No, I'm I'm uh, waiting. We didn't even get that far yesterday in our conversation. I was on my way to uh, my dive training. We went through the ice yesterday. Oh wow, that's cool. What's and, it like uh, being under the ice? Uh cold. Yeah, I bet it'd be spooky as hell too. I, bet, yeah. I have nightmares yeah. about falling through the ice. You know, I I've been diving under the ice for thirty years. Oof. And that's not bad for someone that's 37 years old. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I've, you know, I've been doing body recoveries for a long time, and and uh, I've done some pretty nasty, 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 nasty winter under the ice dives, and uh, where I went down and got somebody that has fallen through, and and when. Whenever we're setting up training scenarios, 
one of the things that I that I always tried to do was, you know, most ice divers they cut a, a very clean hole in the ice, and um, and then you have a triangular shaped hole that you can get it easily get in and out. And I've never done a, a, a rescue or recovery through a hole like that. It's always through a broken ass jagged hole, hole. jagged, yeah. screwed up ice floating in the hole um falling through the ice to get to the hole and and uh a lot of the times when when we're when we're doing some serious serious training not just cutting a hole and going through the ice and we want to do some kind of scenario uh what i've done is i've actually cut a couple different holes and then placed a placed a uh um a uh dummy in one of the holes and, the, and sunk it to the bottom and then uh the hole that the divers are actually going through um i'll cut the hole and then i'll actually fill it up with snow and shit and stuff floating in the yeah, hole logs and whatnot yeah yeah whatever whatever is on well not so much logs but like usually <laughs> chunks usually chunks of ice and yeah. and uh snow uh -huh. So that the hole is somewhat filled up, and it makes it considerably darker. And when you do something like that, it surprises me how many times um, one of the divers will balk at going in, or after they go in, they just totally can't function. I, I'd, I'm pretty sure I'd freak out without and, without some training and how to deal with that. Yeah, well, I, I don't even know what kind of what kind of training you just deal. You just become mentally strong, I think. Um, when because you have to trust your your partner that you have your partner is the fellow that's that's tending your rope okay so you're roped to the surface oh yeah so no, you're not going to lose the hole definitely well yeah. you hope not you well hope okay not. so then that's then that's a different <laughs> thing if i had a partner and all that that's another yeah yeah thing no entirely. no you you always you always you're always tethered you never go you know you never go under the water without being tethered and um and you and you know you always have a safety diver with or well you always want to have a safety diver you don't always have one but you always want to but <clears throat> but it's but it's a different i mean even if you're tethered being under the ice freaks people out yeah i mean just the fact that there's only one way in there's only one way out yeah, mean, there's it'd be, no it'd be pretty claustrophobic yep, yep, uh, but yep. if i knew that there was a rope tied to me tied to me that led to the hole then i'm okay you know and then the other thing is, is like, I've been in, I mean, I'm a surgeon, so I've been in lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of life and death situations that are gross or scary or uncomfortable or whatever, and uh, you you quickly get this mentality that there's a job to do, the job has to be done, I have to do it, there's no choice, and then all of the heebie-jeebie stuff goes away. Right. You know, and so I'm I'm assuming that that's what happens, but still, just sitting here. Yeah, in but, my there's nice, of, but, but there's a lot of, but there's a lot of times, <laughs> but there's a lot of times it's probably your life isn't in jeopardy because of it. Yeah, nobody's usually holding a gun to your head. Saying no, you better you better perform the surgery properly, or you're going to die. But your future is definitely in jeopardy every time you operate. Every time. Yeah. Because of the because of the. Um, malpractice situation in the united states there's no such thing as a mistake anymore right you know it's not and there's no such thing as well jesus christ it sucks that 
you know, you have a little bit bigger scar than you wanted, but like, you know, we cured your cancer. Like there's no, there's no in between. It's like, it's perfect. It's a perfect, absolutely perfect outcome or you're at fault. Yeah. You know, like it, there's no room for, um, you know, patient problems and differences in healing or anything. I had to laugh. My, my, my father who is now gone was a, uh, he had COPD. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom is a is very very active lady. She's 83 now, and and uh, she's she was a nurse her whole you know I mean her whole life she was a nurse. And had they had a couple nursing homes, and you know so she's like was always an advocate for my dad. My dad was a typical maintenance superintendent, you know, ran maintenance at the truck plant for a lot of years at at Ford and very real man's man kind of guy and uh crack shot and all of that and you know he'd go to the doctor and uh you know for his checkups and all this stuff and i remember one time he had he'd gone to the doctor and, and this is late you know this is probably 15 10 15 years ago maybe it was 10 years ago he went to the doctor for his uh for his physical and he didn't get a flu shot and so next time my mom was was at the doctor's office with him, she said, uh, why didn't you offer him a flu shot? And he said, well, I guess I kind of forgot. You know, he said, I'm just an average man. <clears throat> and, you know, my mom said to him, and I it, to this day it just cracks me up, she said, well, I just don't want an average man for my husband's doctor. <laughs> yeah. He yeah, better I mean, be, he better be, I want somebody that's going to, that's going to think about stuff that I'm not thinking about. Otherwise, what good are you? Yeah. And I, and I had to laugh because that's, that's, that's pretty true. It's like, you know, a lot of guys want to be doing this or doing that. And it's not just doctors. I'm, I'm, that just happened to be one of the cases I'm thinking about. But a lot of guys want to be able to do the things that, well, do the things that I do as far as that goes. And then when it comes right back down to it, they don't. They can't. They can't do the stuff. They they think they can, but they just can't because it takes it takes something a little bit different to be able to put yourself out there to a point where you're um, you know you trust yourself, you trust your abilities to the point where no matter what happens, you know you're going to come through. Mm-hmm. And and I think that a lot of I think that's you know that that's what drove the pioneers eat or west. I mean that's what drove the drove the people to come to America during you know it it's it was it's that one little thing that makes you one step ahead of everybody else and uh I don't know enough of that rant anyway <laughs> well, so so to keep that in in that perspective in, in or that keep the knife perspective in my diving thing I was using the mission uh MPK titanium dive knife yeah that's the one that like so when you're out there looking for mines and crap you won't get all blowed up yeah it's not yep. magnetic or whatever yep 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 and it doesn't corrode i mean i that's why i like it what, it doesn't corrode what's in your pocket right now um actually that ruckus i've been carrying that ruckus that Sweet. big ass ruckus yeah yeah well, at, currently at the moment, I'm sitting here in my long johns. <laughs> you probably had <laughs> because to I had snow or whatever. Well, well I, I had wool. I had my wool pants on when I was outside, and uh, I just uh, was cutting some wood a little bit ago, and I had I got these nice wool pants on, and 
I wear a pair of Poly Pro underwear underneath the the wool pants. Yeah. Well, and and it's I tell you what, I don't care how cold you are, you wear when you wear wool pants, you're you're not cold. No, yeah, and then if there's a lot of wind or something, then you just wear a shell over the top. Yep, and, yep. You're, and you're I have a nice, rock. I have a nice uh, um, British uh, rain pants that I wear. Uh, British British Army rain pants. They're elastic on the on the ankles and elastic elastic on the waist. You just pull them up over the top of it, and boy, there's nothing. I don't care what kind of wind you got going; it's not going through there. And you couple that with a with a pair of wool pants, and you're you're solid. Yeah. Well, my 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 setup's pretty similar. I I wear a uh, several layers, you know, long johns next to the skin. Usually a, th- a synthetic there is what I wear. And then um I've got some uh wool pants from that are like surplus from World War II, but they're yep. awesome like the Swedish yeah. military ones. Yeah. And then I've got some uh uh if it's windy or if I need to, you know, block the wind or if I'm walking in kind of wet snow, then I've got uh for the outer layer, I've got some uh, North Face long johns from back in the day that are like Gore-Tex, and those get the job yeah. done. Now, I have I wear those Poly Pro underwear. They're they're uh, the issued stuff. It's really good oh, stuff. Cool Poly Pro. I mean, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, po- well, it's that's it's polypropylene. Oh, okay, poly, okay, yeah, yeah. Polypropylene. I yeah, think, so yeah. it's a synthetic. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's that's very, basically what I wear. I, I but I don't know the brands of it or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I I like a synthetic next to the skin in the pretty much even in hot weather. Yeah, you know yeah. Um, I don't wear you know like I'll see a lot of guys. Um, I saw a couple guys get heat stroke and almost die in the jungle because you know the marketing from uh, what's that company Under Armour. The marketing from Under Armour is that you wear one of these skin tight. Uh, um, shirts and then you have a shirt on top and then the skin tight shirt will keep you cooler and no it doesn't uh, it's an extra layer of clothing that traps heat more efficiently next to the skin and so I don't I'm not going to layer up with if it's super hot out like if it's uh, 100 degrees and you know whatever humidity it is on the equator I don't layer up I have a breathable outer that's a synthetic basically I like the Ex officio uh, GeoTracker shirt, and it's really breathable, quick dry nylon basically. Uh, and I don't layer up, but I I've seen people who layer up like that, and they just die. You know. Now see, when I was in when I was in Haiti, I wore long sleeve. I th- I want to say that they're Under Armour, but they could have been Five Eleven shirts. Uh the the um, the hot gear. Yeah. And then I wore a long sleeve shirt over the top of that. Man, that was not that, that was, was nylon. Hell. No, you know what? I didn't feel that. I didn't feel uncomfortable. And mm. I, I mean, we were down there at the same time. Yeah, it's Under Armour heat gear. I, I no. don't. Honestly, I get, I get so. I'm pretty hot blooded. Um, my house right now is 62 degrees, and I'm comfy. No. You know, no. so if it, if it gets if it gets above a certain temperature. It's 62 degrees because you're a tight ass and you don't want to pay the gas I got, bill. I got little T-Rex arms. Don't That's quite right. reach my wallet. But no, yeah. we keep it we keep it cool and um, we have a you know pretty low heat bill and that lets me have a little 
income to buy the kids kitties Christmas presents and whatnot. But extra uh, clothes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you got. Uh, listen, I, I I'm from the Jimmy Carter School of Energy Management. You guys should just wear a sweater. <laughs> you remember that he he's yeah, like yeah. his solution to the energy crisis was everyone should wear a sweater not okay, okay we, we should take the controls off the economy so that our fuel prices aren't so ridiculous it's like okay so oh, you should so, wear a sweater so that so that leads us into the energy rants not yet not yet we're still going we're still going we got, <laughs> we're we got to give people well, that was a, a good that was a good thing nah, no it's not <laughs> listen we gotta we gotta um uh, we've only been going for a few minutes here, knife talk. So let's give okay. them some more knife talk because uh, um, that's what they're tuning in for. And then the rest of it's just going to be the conversation that Jim and I would have had off the air anyway. You know, you know so, what? So here's I, what I, I carried. Get, I did get asked. I did get asked to go, to go on the other the gear thing. I got an email the other day from. Oh, you should go on. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was on. I was on uh, um, last Saturday. It was a great uh, show. And they, uh, it was a good, good time. Those are nice guys. Yeah, yeah, they are. And they they know, seem to, they know a lot more of the minutiae about different knives than I do. Half the time they're talking and I'm completely lost, you know. Um, But uh, today I carried for our knife nuts. There it was. (laughs) You heard it flip open. Uh, I just love this uh, Mel Perdue uh, Benchmade Auto. I think it's the 5000 or the yep. Presidio. Um, I just love it. It's it's one of my current uh, all-time favorite knives. Um, it's got the uh, reversible pocket clip, so it's left hand, and then the, the lock mechanism is the uh, axis lock, so it's ambidextrous. Completely ambidextrous knife. Uh, it's an auto, which means it's sexy and cool. And um, I got it. I actually got mine from Blade HQ. And Blade HQ is not associated with us. I'm just telling you where I got it. Now, what do you got there? You're holding up like a, a, a oh, copy. surgeon's knife or something. It's, it's an Okapi. What is that? Why don't Made you tell us South what Africa. it is? Okay. It's a Made... South African hunting knife. So it's got like some weird lockback mechanism on there, it's, huh? It's a, it's a spring. Uh-huh. All it is is a spring. Uh-huh. Very simple design. Mm-hmm. Wood wood scales, wood handles, uh-huh. pinned. Yeah. Probably about nine bucks. Yeah. Cool. It's like an wonderful open L little only. pocket knife. It's wonderful like, little pocket knife. Yeah, it's like an open L only. It's got um so what I'm looking at is Jim's got this uh pocket knife with wood scales. Um it's got a Warncliffe. Would you say that's a Warncliffe shape? Eh, you know what I modified think it's more like a sheep's sheep's foot. Maybe yeah, but um, anyway, so it's a it's a it's like, kind it's of like a, a ro- it's like a rope knife. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a pointless rope knife. And then it's got uh, on the on the back or the um, on the back of the handle, it's got a flat metal piece um, that's that's clearly a piece of spring steel that is uh, so it doesn't have the springs like like you'd see look in on your case knife instead it's just one flat piece of metal that's going over the top of the handle and it and essentially does the same thing yeah same as thing. A, as a slip joint if you can yep. see it lifted up yep because uh because the um and how how it how it uh puts spring tension on the knife is that the knife has the pivot and then there's a significant amount of metal past the pivot into the handle and so when you go to close that 
um, that metal contacts the um, piece of spring steel on the back of the handle and keeps it uh, keeps it uh, puts a little pressure on it. Can you spell what the, what the name of that company is so people yeah, can look yeah, it up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's OKAPI. Okapi. Yeah. Anyway, that's O-K-P-I, a pretty cool looking knife. I wouldn't mind yep, picking one of those up. And and these are real inexpensive. That's these cool. are these don't do not I mean they're they're like they're the same price range as an Opinel. Cool. Yeah, um, I, I, the op- Opinel has always kind of felt a little cheap to me, but um I like I that South I African have, version looks cool. I have a lot this well this is a lot cheaper than this this actually is probably you're going to pay the same price, maybe even a little bit more, but I think that this is actually a lot cheaper made knife than an Opinel. Yeah. Yeah, the steel and and everything on the Opinels is really nice, but it it just they don't feel super solid to me, but maybe that's just cuz I'm not not looking at it right. Here's an old one. Oh, yeah, it's like a um what do you call that pattern? Uh trapper? Yeah, the trapper. It's a, a, it's a single knife. blade trapper. Yeah. By case. Yep, by case. It's yeah. a slip joint, a big old slip joint. A lot of, back in the day, these were the knife fighting knife. Oh, man. They fight with those? Oh, yeah. They cut each oh, other yeah. up. I suppose they're more slashers than they are. Yep, uh, yep, yep. Stab, then stabbers. But they would uh, they would stab with these two. Yeah. yeah. Wow, you that's know? cool. Yep. The uh, case knife I used pretty extensively this week is the case desk knife. You like that, eh? I love that. Uh, it's it's like the perfect little letter opener, and it's got like a bone handle, and it's got like a leather sheath, and all this. And it's, you just have to get used to the blade not being on the or the cutting edge of the blade not being on the side you'd think it would be. Yeah, you know, and it's funny too. I, that that's a pretty cool looking knife. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I I was laughing about that when I first saw it. I was like, it looks like it's backwards. Yeah. And then, but I think when you use it, I don't think it's a it's a doesn't feel backwards. Does no, it? but 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 um, it's because if you think about how you use a uh, a knife to open a letter, you turn the blade upside down anyway, so that when you're cutting right. the thing open, it's not going to cut the contents. And right. so the 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 case letter opener just they just made it easy for you, and they shaped the blade up like you would want it if you were turning your regular knife over. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, the other knife I saw this week that. Uh, Looked uh, pretty darn cool and interesting, um, but it's not a production knife. It's actually not even. a You better not say yet. the Ken Onion knife. No, 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 no. I'm I'm talking um, Jim Stewart's little razor. That oh, he's oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I I I I don't know if you noticed or not that uh, Ken Onion posted a picture of a of a uh, uh, frame lock flipper. No, I didn't see that. What on Facebook? Uh huh. <laughs> is it is it lefty friendly? <laughs> well, it, uh, I mean, I'm sure he'll. I mean, they're they're custom knives, so I'm sure. Oh yeah, he probably one make it. For you. Yeah, but I um, I think if you'll, I I commented on it and basically told him to make me a set of them in left-handed. Oh, cool. And uh, they're it's. I don't know how much they're going to cost, but it is badass. Yeah, I like um, I like uh, some of the stuff he's been putting and, up. And the, uh, well, this and it, what's doing. what's interesting about it is it's not in the typical style that you see Ken Onion 
doing. Uh-huh. Whew. The yawns for some, some reason today. Hmm. Yeah, he's got, um, I'm see his stuff comes across my Facebook feed quite a bit. The, some of the fixed blades he do, he's doing are awesome. And like, oh yeah. The the only thing I ever knew of from him was the folding stuff he did for like Kershaw and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's but his fixed blade stuff is really cool. Oh yeah, they've got really yep. nice curves to them, and I mean I haven't handled any of them, but aesthetically they're very nice looking. Yep, I'm looking for. Uh... Hmm. hmm. In the in I'm the looking... meantime, how's your uh, how's your uh, project with? Um... Canadian bacon going. Oh, I I sliced it and then most of it's eaten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't start I didn't start the second batch yet. Okay. Um, I actually have some venison that I'm I'm about ready to cure. Mm-hmm. Uh, hang on a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna share this picture with you. I gotta okay. find it now. So we can talk about it. Well, while while you're looking, I'll just give an update on my cured meat situation. Uh, I took about a quarter of the bacon that I have drying in my basement and sliced it up and packaged it and it's gorgeous um, i'm letting the rest of it dry out just a little bit more it just concentrates that bacony flavor for you and then uh let's see my dried beef is just about done i'm thinking and today is the day that i have to put my second round of cure on the uh, capicola Ooh, uh, that i'm making that sounds good uh, otherwise known in uh, Sopranos language as Gabagool. <laughs> so uh, that should be coming. There'll be a video on both of those eventually when I get all my stuff done, but it takes a while well, to do that, you know. When you figure out that you're not going to die? From Yeah, I'm not putting any videos up until I've, like, eaten a significant amount of it <laughs> so that I know I'm putting decent information out there. Because uh, yeah, cured meats, uh, if you do that wrong, uh, if there's any flaws in your methodology, um, you're going to know pretty quickly. What's a, Who the hell are you? You K-E or K-R? K-R, yeah. Is there a space between your K-Rs? No, K-R and then space V-E-R space S-T-E-E-G for our audience at home. If you're trying to find me on Facebook, that's what that is. Um, but, uh... Now, see, I'm typing it up, and it's not showing up. Well, That's here, weird. I'll send you a message. No, no, I know. Um... I mean, I have you. I mean, it's not like I... But for some reason, when I type it in, I'm trying to share this picture with you, and it's not it's not picking you up. Huh. Do you have a space before K? No, just a KR. No. You'd think that K-E-R... All right, I'm, the, here, I'm going to write something on your wall, and you can... Uh, there, so I just wrote something on your wall, and you can click on that. Anyway, while he's figuring that out, uh, today's uh, cooking, I'm making uh, homemade chili Colorado with uh, chili peppers that I grew in my garden this year. Today, uh, I've been working my butt off, so I decided to take the afternoon off and record some podcast stuff with Naughty Jim, and uh, just have a nice relaxing day with a big feast tonight. Um, haven't haven't had a lot of opportunity because I've been so busy to have a big, nice dinner with the family, and that's what we're going to do. Got a 
call uh, a few days ago from my friend uh, Mickey Grossman, and he's getting all excited and geared up for the uh, for our China expedition. And uh, I actually am flying down to Orlando, where he lives, on the 17th of January, so next Friday. Uh, we're going to spend the weekend uh, trying to you know, prepare, basically, Scott, you know, look at routes and talk about, you know, where we want to go and what we want to see and and kind of plan for that. Um, so that's that's what's basically on my plate right now. I guess I can't share this on a friend's timeline, but I shared it on my own timeline. Okay, I'll I'll refresh and look and see what it shows here. Okay, I love this. Okay, yeah, I see. Oh man, that is badass. <laughs> I wonder. Wow, that's cool. I just wonder about the fuller and the blade, though. Is that really needed? It's a flipper. Yeah, I know, but there's a fuller in the blade, and the handle oh. is dwarfing the blade. So what's the balance going to be like? The handle is dwarfing the blade. The the side. So when I if think you of look a, at if you look at that that biggest one, that's a freaking humongous blade. It's a big yeah, knife. but it's the handle is like massively huger than the blade. I I just have to feel it. But so for our folks at home, um, a fuller is that is basically your blood groove. Okay, it's not really a blood groove, but um, basically what. The reason you put a fuller in is to um, lighten the blade relative to the handle and change the balance point um, of how the and knife feels in your hand. And it actually strengthens the blade too. By by making a, it's like the the concept of a, a equilateral triangle or I beam is basically what you're what 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 Jim's getting at. But mm -hmm. um, one of the one of the main things. Uh, where you would put one in there for is um, is to change the balance between the knife knife blade and the handle and draw the balance back towards the handle. Um, and then the way, say you're stuck and you've got a full tang knife and and the the handle is too heavy relative to the blade uh, and the balance point is too far back. What you would do then is um, either cut metal out of the center of the tang or do what's called a tapered tang where you're removing metal but you're removing it back towards the tail of the knife so um, so that the, the tang of the knife gets thinner as you approach the back of the handle. And then again, the reason you would add either of those details um, would be because you don't like the balance point of the knife. So, But maybe he's using that as an as an additional like a thumb neck <laughs> only just really well, massive. If you, you if you see the size of this thing, you're going to you're going to be amazed. Well, I'm uh, I'm loving that. It, go go to his go to his page. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's putting a lot of fullers on his blades, so if yeah. you if you look at all the stuff that he's got, I see the it, one in his hand. Yeah, and that thing's humongous. Yeah, but still... I mean, still, it's a big it's, knife. His hands are big. He's a big guy. Yeah, but there's not a huge... It doesn't look like there's a huge amount of metal in the blade relative to the amount of metal that's in the handle. Meaning, and the reason I even bring that up is I wonder what the... Whether it's a visual thing or whether it's an actual functional thing and he was trying to change the uh, balance point. Do you see what I'm saying? 
Uh, it's hard saying. I don't. I don't know what the handle materials are. Let's yeah. See if yeah. I mean, I have, have it. They hand. might be G10, and they might be. You know, if 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 Ken designed it that way, my my gut feeling is that it's probably done right. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Right. No, no question. So that's that's what I'm saying. I just wonder. I want to have one in my hand to see what what why he made that decision. Yeah, but he's yes. if you look further down on his page, he's got two of these big, huge like hunting knives, a full tang hunting knife with a looks like a micarta handle, a big uh, slicing style blade, uh, and then those both have uh, those all have fullers in them too. Mm-hmm. But he he does uh, he one of the neat things is that I like about his stuff is he does um, really neat, uh, really good job of balancing um, visual appeal with function. You know, that's one of the things that uh, Mike always talks about. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's one of the things I really like about uh, Ken Onion's knives. So. Yeah, yep, they have a good look to it. Yep. And they're functional. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and that's one of the things that is, it's always a big deal for me is it's got to be functional. It's yeah. got to be, uh, I got to be able to see myself carrying it. I don't mind carrying a custom knife. I don't mind carrying a, an expensive knife, but it has to work. Yeah. And if and for me to have some some of the you know I understand the the art and the aesthetics of it, but if it doesn't work, it's not going to be in my pocket. Yeah, same same deal here. Okay, so we've given uh, our our knife nut people like a ton a ton a ton of juicy meat there. <laughs> like awesome stuff. So now, um, uh, actually, thirty-eight minutes of, of juicy <laughs> hot knife talk. We talked about like you know some of the some of the design points and fullers versus tapered tang and how that changes the balance point and all sorts of things. So now um, we're going to continue the conversation as if the podcast is over. And this is like what it would be like if we weren't recording it. Only, um, I'm, if we say anything too bad, I'm still gonna edit it. <laughs> <laughs> well, is is um okay? Oh, oh wait, before, before we do that, I want to get to one mailbag question that addresses an issue brought up in uh, episode 21, and that's when we were talking about um, uh, if you have a law license and you break the law. Uh, what happens, and then also what what happens um, if you try to move your uh, law license from uh, state to state. And so um, Anthony Scullumbrini, who uh, is the host of the Gear Geeks Live podcast, um, is a lawyer, and so he had uh, uh, some really good... Uh, really good feedback on that. And so I'm just going to read what he wrote me. He says, um, you can wave in to states without taking a new bar exam in each state with only a few exceptions. Every application has a moral fitness requirement, though. There are a few per se crimes that disqualify you, but being undocumented is not one in any state to my knowledge. Rape, deception, crimes like fraud and murder are, but things like uh, DWI and incidental pot possession generally is not. Uh, okay, but but isn't isn't deception uh, being an illegal alien? Um, if you're here illegally, are, aren't you deceiving somebody? 
Uh, well, <laughs> anyway, that that was our that was a, a re, uh, listener um, mail um, from that, that's responding to that from somebody who would know about you know the specifics of the. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. But and that's and that's my point. That that seems to be one of the disqualifiers. I mean, I'm thinking that if you're here illegally, you're deceiving. Hey, just you're, a you're second. Being I got to pause this for a second. But uh, so I'm we're gonna I'm just gonna cut in a little promo here so that we can uh, we can tell people that if if they do not want to hear any curse words, um, stop listening right now because this next segment is Jim and I ranting like we were just on the phone, and I there's so many that I just can't be like, beep them all beep, out. Beep, 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 so, beep, beep. Yeah, you get you you're gonna want to turn off your podcast right now if that's gonna offend you, and if there's any kids around, just cover their, just cover turn their it ears off, or so. listen to what a real man says. Yeah. So no, so anyway, that that's that's the that's the little Disclaimer. that's the little right. uh, promo there. So everybody, just stop listening now just if that's gonna bother you. So. Okay. So. talking about sorry for the interruption there oh we were talking about um whether or not an illegal alien would rise to the level of lawlessness that would stop him from getting a well let, a let's, license in another state let's take mexico and the united states out of it okay let's say i'm from turkey and uh I decide to sneak across the border into Syria and and uh, open up a law shop there. What would happen to me? You'd get shot, beheaded, gutted, yeah. and then quartered and then burnt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now let's say let's take a couple let's say other you countries. Cross the border into Iran. Let's say you cross the border from well, Iraq into Iran. Accidentally, just yeah. just happen Oops. to be hiking and accidentally cross the border from Iraq yeah. to Iran. Guess well, what? We you have. Yeah, we have real jail. world we have real world evidence of what happens with that because three yeah. hikers did that. Okay, mm-hmm. let's take two like, you know, great civilized countries. Let's let's talk about what happens if if uh oh, like say Russia and China, you know, two great collectivist models of what it is to be humans and the best that we can possibly be. What happens if if you uh accidentally walk into China? And then not only that, but open up a law practice and start practicing law in China. What do you suppose they'd do to you? Put you in jail. What what would you what would happen to you if you did the same in Russia? Put you in jail. Now let's go Put back you in to the, the gulag. Now Put let's, you in the gulag. Now let's go back to the United States and Mexico. What happens if you're from the United States and you uh leave the United States and set up a permanent residence in Mexico? without applying for citizenship or anything like that and get a job and do all these sorts of things what happens to you you go to jail right okay so why why is the united states held to some big huge standard that we're supposed to be the welfare capital of the world for everyone else in the world i don't understand it everyone else is allowed to have have rules and regulations as to who comes into their country and works but we're not and everybody else is hold up held up as this moral 
paragon of virtue, when you actually look into what would happen to you if you tried to go to that country and do the same shit, it's crazy. You know, that this is what Jim and I are reacting to. I don't care where the guy's from. You know, if, if he's from uh, Northern Ireland, Ireland and comes here and tries to set up a law practice, you know, I don't care where you're from. It makes no difference to me. But if I can't go to your country and do the same thing, why do you expect that? Why do you expect us to just bend over every time you want something from us? I cannot understand why the American populace does not see this as an invasion. And, and you know, I, I'm not sure I see anything wrong with, with us wanting to be our own country. Why? Yeah, what, what, Mexico gets yeah, to be why, Mexico. Why can't, why can't Jamaica we gets be to be Jamaica. Why, why? Russia gets to be Russia. Why can't America be America? Why can't we set the rules for who right. comes into our country when you every know, other I have, country I have gets a friend to? of mine. How is it racist for us to do that? And it's not I racist have a friend for of everyone mine else. That he married an Italian girl, and she she right. has not gotten her green card yet. And so she can't leave the country until she has her green card. And they got married in Italy. She could. It took her months mm-hmm. before she was able to come here legally. And and they want to do everything you know legal. And and mm-hmm. you know I I told him he should have just come across the Mexican border. No no one would have no one would <laughs> yeah, have fucking noticed. <laughs> yeah, nobody would have cared. And then she'd have yeah, protected yeah, exactly. Status. You know, she's like, oh, I, I, I swam the Rio Grande. Yeah. I'm special. That puts me in a special category. That means I don't have to follow the rules that everyone else in the world yeah. has to. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. It's, but it's, uh, it's just one of those things that it's very, very frustrating. Yeah. As uh, somebody who loves my country. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like America. That's why I live here. You know. Like, and people who live in Germany like Germany, and they get to decide who who is German and who isn't, you know, and they get to say, well, you know, maybe I don't want the entire country of Somalia moving to Germany and making it Somalia North, <laughs> you know, and somehow, somehow when, when Germany says, look, okay, maybe like a couple of you can come, but we, you know, you don't get to be Somalia North in Germany, okay, sorry, <laughs> You know, somehow when they say that, you know, it's fine because Germany's a collectivist country, you know, and anything a collectivist does is fine. But when the United States does it, you know, they instantly project all of these feelings that they have about race onto us, you know, and uh, because they think that way, that must mean we think that way. A, so we've talked about immigration. <laughs> how about, how and about, race. Um, so let's see. I don't, see, I don't remember what we were. I don't remember what we were talking about. Did we were we talking about the hundred thousand horsepower Polar Star going to? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's an update to our um, global warming uh, survival story. So, so basically, um, for those of you who want to catch up without listening to the old episodes, like around Christmas Day or so, a bunch of these uh, global warming doomsday cult people get on this ship and they go down to Antarctica and try to prove that, you know, there's global warming because there's no ice in Antarctica, right? Uh, blanking out the fact that um, the uh, it's summer in Antarctica and there shouldn't be ice there, right? But 
These global warming people are clever because they know that nobody who lives in the southern hemisphere anywhere has any time to be thinking about your about global warming bullshit. So they're not going to be paying attention. The people who have like free time and luxury and wealth to be able to worry about stuff like global warming all live in the normal nor, northern hemisphere. And right now it's it's winter in the northern hemisphere. So when they put out this big press thing with like you know, penguins like trapped on one little piece of floating ice or whatever in the middle of the ocean, the people in the northern hemisphere are going to say, oh my god, there's no ice in Antarctica, holy crap, it must be global warming. You know, forgetting that it's it's winter in the northern hemisphere and that it's summer in the southern hemisphere. It's an emotional reaction. They know they're going to promote, pr provoke an emotional reaction and that people aren't going to think, you know, because global warming is a religion after all. And so they get on their little doomsday cult ship, and they go down there, and uh, lo and behold, they get stuck in, like, miles and miles of this Antarctic ice. And, and not just and <laughs> Which not just wasn't supposed to be there. Antarctic ice. We're talking ten foot. Ten foot thick yeah, pieces and of then, Antarctic so, ice. So, so then they called all these ships to come in there and bail them out, and no other icebreakers could bail them out, right? And so finally they get the Coast Guard, Coast Guard icebreaker, which is like the biggest icebreaker in the freaking world down there to break them out. And so now the U.S. taxpayer is on the, is on the uh, hook for this doomsday okay. cult and, the, and that ship that they're talking about is 100,000 horsepower, three diesel engine machine, 100,000 horsepower. Oh. Now, I'm trying to think. As far as carbon footprint goes, how much, how many trees are these weenies going to have to plant to offset that carbon footprint to just dig their asses out of that ice? <laughs> yeah, well, so finally yesterday, January 8th, they got, they got bailed out by the United States, which means that the American taxpayer basically funded a bunch of hippies stinking of patchouli oil and pot to go down there on their little doomsday cult. You know... It, it, it's here's why I say it's a doomsday cult. Okay, you you have uh, you can go out and you can Google the Jonestown, right? Jonestown was in Guyana, and this guy, this uh, Jonestown guy, he he was a cult leader, and he would say, "Oh, the world's going to come to an end," blah blah blah, this and that. And you can actually listen to the tapes of when he was convincing them to all drink a bunch of Kool-Aid and commit suicide. And the same arguments that he was using and the same um, logical fallacies that he was using to convince these people to kill themselves is the same stuff that the global warming people are using. They use things like, well, 97% of scientists agree, blah, blah, blah. Well, NASA says. So right there, 97% of scientists agree. Google argumentum ad populum. When they say, well, NASA says... Google, uh, uh, <laughs> it's a it's, it's logical appeal to authority. If you want to wanna laugh your ass off, right? all you have to do is just fucking Google global warming. And, and you come up with right. all of this and, and, bullshit but, that comes up. Every reason why, no matter how goddamn cold we are, it's the fucking global warming that's doing it. No matter what yeah. it is. It could well, be, it's freaking snowing in Miami. Oh, it's global warming. Oh, it's snowing in Atlanta. Fountains and f everything's frozen in Atlanta. It was six goddamn degrees in Atlanta the other day. Six degrees. Yeah. 
Well, well, you know, Jim, global warming works in mysterious ways. I just, I just ways. googled this, and, and so, and, and uh, there's White House blames polar vortex on global warming in a in a blog post. Right, and in nineteen in nineteen seventy four, Time magazine had this uh, uh, polar vortex thing, and there's there's quotes right from this issue from Time magazine. They were saying pol- the polar vortex. That's basically when the cold air from the the poles escapes the poles and comes down and like wreaks havoc in uh, the United States. They were saying that the uh, the polar vortex was due to uh, the fact that we're entering an ice age. <laughs> people, <laughs> it's the same, and it's the same people. It's not like they got a new group of scientists with a new group of thoughts and things. It's the same exact people. You know, they they didn't. Uh, it, it, they're just lying. They 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 told one lie back then to get us to do one thing, and now they're telling you another know, lie a, today. There's a uh, and and I know this is going to be somewhat controversial because I. Hey, I got to pause right. pause for just a good. Second. I'm going to take a piss. All right, I'm back. <laughs> that was funny. What happened? Oh, I keep getting called for they want like some paperwork done or something and i'm just not gonna drive to do it right now they just got a deal <laughs> i'll drive for a medical issue i'm not gonna drive to sign your stupid that's form. funny that's funny you know back to the bink back to the global warming thing you know they're they're uh one of the things i'm, I'm just starting a book uh, a Michael Crichton book. Now I can't think of the title of it, but um, it's about controlling populations and how uh, you know we had the Cold War that kind of kept people in line, thinking a certain way. You had uh, um, you know some people will say that it's religion has been doing the same thing since the beginning of of modern time uh, and and before that too, I suppose. S- and and it makes you wonder, you know, about the de- the deception that comes down from 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 uh, uh, Mount Washington um, concerning a lot of things like this. If it's not, to, I mean, you know, how how else do you make us have smaller cars? How I mean, think about it. They told us thirty years ago that we had to drive smaller cars, and so we're going to have a um, uh, we're going to have a gas shortage. So we had a gas shortage, uh, mm-hmm. and it drove gas from fi- 50 cents a gallon to a dollar a gallon. I mean, that's when I was in high school. That happened. And so it makes me wonder if it's not about, you know, things actually thrive in, in a lot of chaos. You know, people seem to thrive in chaos. And... But the problem is, the government has no control over you in chaos. That's that's why they hate markets because yes. in individual decision indiv- individual decisions are made by individual people. Right. If I don't want to pay a buck ninety eight for a cup of coffee, I ain't paying a buck ninety eight for a cup of coffee. You right. know, and 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 millions and millions and millions of decisions are made every single second, and and basically it's out of the control of of pointy heads right. in Washington, and and I think they want you to con- they want you to make certain decisions. I mean, I you know I just watched 
about 15 minutes of Chris Christie getting grilled by the media about what he knew and where he knew it and when and how and why over closing two lanes on a highway that that his deputy chief of staff had. And nobody really knows why she did it, because apparently he's, he's claiming that he had no, no knowledge of it, and I tend to believe him. I think he's a pretty straightforward mm. dude. He didn't mm. even know. He didn't even know this. He said this guy wasn't even on his radar. You know, and I tend to believe him. The, the, the mayor of that city said the same thing. He's like, I, he said, nobody ever called me to ask me to endorse him, so I don't even understand where this was coming from. Anyway, the, the press is grilling him on this, on his reaction and how he's, how he's handling this little mini crisis that somebody dreamed up that supposedly is a crisis. Why isn't anybody fucking saying anything about Benghazi? Or the IRS tax or, bullshit. Or the IRS tax you know, bullshit. Uh, so, you so get every... the same kind of things that are going on. And, and believe me when I say this, Hillary knew what was going on in Benghazi. She yeah. knew. And, and, she that... made de- and she made decisions. Somebody made a decision to, 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 uh, to blame some video. Yeah. Well, and then, and then by the same token, like there's what they're saying, and I, I'm not defending Chris Christie. I don't know what happened there. I don't like Chris Christie because yeah. he's a rhino, yeah, uh, and basically he's a collectivist um, who is who is dressing up as as a conservative. But anyway, he, um, I, so I don't know what happened there. I'm not defending Chris Christie, and I hope he I hope he gets thrown under the bus. But he, anyway, the the problem is. Um, what there's the arguments that they're saying for Chris Christie are that how could he not know what his top aide was doing? So either he's lying or he's incompetent. Okay, why isn't the same? Why isn't the same <laughs> argument made about Obama? They're not how even does, asking. That's the that's and right. that was what my point was. Like how they're does even, how does Obama not, not know? There. But right? How does going there. The, the the head of the IRS went to the off White House 154 times? You know. Uh, during during like a two or three month period, how how does Obama not know? So either he's incompetent and she's coming over there for you know a little nookie or something, or he's lying. Either one. So if you can make that argument about Chris Christie, why can't you say the same thing about Obama? How dare you, you racist! But, but you you know, asshole! You, you racist, racist son of a bitch! I, you are racist! You just don't like him because he's black. The thing that the thing that bothers me is not so much. That Chris Christie did what or didn't do whatever he did, it's the fact that the fucking media is choosing not to ask those same questions of Obama. That's that's what my point is. Yeah, it's like why it's, why if if the logic applies to Chris Christie, why doesn't it apply to Obama? You know. Well, you're racist. You're racist for even asking that. That's the answer you'll get. You know, I I I don't want to be disrespectful to the president of the United States the office but for god's sakes this is this is what's going on right now in our country is hideous it's absolutely hideous they're creating a welfare state they're creating a group of people that don't want to work that don't have to work it's just i get very frustrated by it hang on a second my dog is barking anyway so I so that's that was the latest thing and and you know what I don't I don't mind I mean I I get sick of the titles that people are starting to carry when you got 
when you got rhinos and you got you know Chris Christie did what he felt his his he's a governor of a state he's doing what his what's good for his state you know on a on a yeah. national level we don't know what he would do yeah but he he wants to be like a national level republican and then he goes and like practically gives kisses on the neck to a Barack Obama why like well, a why? week because before he was gonna, the election because he was going to get something yeah, well, guess what? I, I don't want someone who's going to throw principles under the bus and embrace a freaking dictator. You know, sorry. I, I, if you're going to throw your principles under the bus and, and say, well, it's the expedient thing to do at the moment, well, I don't care if he's a collectivist. Well, guess what? I don't care if you, if you think you're a Republican. And, and the, the first chance, you know, you, you, throw, you, you throw all everybody else under the bus by embracing that guy. Well, guess what? I'm not sticking up for you when it's your turn. And it's his turn now. And if, if, he, if he goes down in flames, it won't, it won't make me shed a single tear. I don't, I don't think he will. I don't think well, he will at all. I think, I think he stood up. I, th- I think he stood up and came clean. I mean, I, I looked at him when he was, he was getting grilled by everybody in that room and didn't lose composure, didn't get upset, didn't get anything. I mean, no. he, he answered the questions accordingly and I thought was pretty forthright. Well, I, again, I don't think, I don't think step and fetch it could do it. Well, the thing is, is I don't, I didn't see it, but I can tell you one thing. If there is any evidence linking him to knowing about this stuff, it's going to come out if he, if he gets into, uh, if he's nominated as the Republican nominee. Because the NSA knows everything that he has ever said or written anywhere. Okay, they just do, which means Obama knows it, which means the Democrats know it. Okay, so if he gets nominated, um, and there's any shred of evidence at all, even remotely linking him to this stuff, it's going to come out Sure. as soon as he gets nominated. Sure. As far as I'm concerned, he's done. Sorry, buddy. Maybe you should have paid attention to what the hell your top aide was doing. You know, they're, they're, now they've got the ammo. You know, and, and you again, I, I make this argument for Obama. It's like, how do you, how do you not know what the IRS is doing? You know, how do you not know what your top aides are doing? You can't always say, well, it was somebody else that did it. I didn't know she. Or, Listen, well, sooner, well, if that's the case, then you're incompetent. I, I don't want this to sound like anything more than it is because I'm not. I mean, I don't want anybody to think that I'm a, I'm a, uh, an Obama supporter. But that being said, and I've said this from the very beginning, that man is a sock puppet. <laughs> yeah. There is no question in my mind he is a sock puppet. I've said it from the beginning. It's just a matter of whose sock puppet is he. Hmm. You know, when you've got a when you've got a candidate that is missing from half his half his Senate races, he's never had a job in his entire life. Voted present. Voted <laughs> yeah. in his eight months when he was actually in elected office. Yeah. <laughs> Voted and, president. And, and he becomes president. He is not. He is not pulling anybody's strings. Somebody's got, somebody has got their hand so far up his ass that can reach his lips and make his mouth move. Why do you think he falls apart when he's not on the teleprompter? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so if he says that he didn't know anything, he probably didn't. 
Okay. He, he's too he's too busy fucking going on vacations and and entertaining bands on Wednesday night and and who who you know and and his Danish pastries and you know all of these other that, that other shit that's going on in the White House that that you know we're just not that privy to and and nobody is calling him out. Yeah. Nobody not one member of I mean you know James Rosen does or or you know some of the fox people try to the best they can but you know what if it's not a if it's not an all out assault with all of the media on the same page it it isn't happening yeah and unfortunately the media has absolutely no interest in in vetting him otherwise they would have vetted him before he became president yeah, exactly. So, and, and they really did a disservice to this country by oh, not I, by not vetting. You know, that's kind of what they their do? job is. I mean, here, here's the here's the question: becomes was it a disservice or was it intentional? Well, I, that's what I'm I saying. Mean, they, I mean, the they, person behind the behind the curtain must be controlling the media. Yeah. Well, one could make that you argument. Know, series came out now this is going to date me a little bit with damien and whatnot yeah 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 i have it on dvd okay when it first came out i saw it in a theater okay so a bunch of us were we go and we take up like two lines in did i say theater i meant drive i meant drive-in nice (laughs) (laughs) i bet you didn't watch much of the movie knowing i I meant drive-in and we took like the whole we we would show up all my buddies would take our dates and we'd we'd take one line of you know of one almost a row like in 57 Chevys and stuff yeah yeah like and like you know like Deuce my 70 Chevelle Super Sport and yeah yeah all Deuce that shit, you know? and all that yeah. stuff and we thought we were happy days you know that was the big yeah, yeah. that was we were all emulating happy days right right and happy days and american graffiti and all that shit anyways so the we would after that after watching that movie we go to the coffee shop and we were like you know what would be really was really wild? Can you imagine if, like, the end of that movie that, like, instead of just being the end of the movie, that actually the devil showed up on top of the screen and said, "Okay, guys, it's all over," because <laughs> I just won. <laughs> you know, and that would be the end of the movie. It's like yeah. the end of the end of the earth. You know, and and I don't know. I get. It just makes me wonder why, what, what is up? What is, you know, and then you see, you know, uh, art emulates uh, fact all the time. Right. You know what I say? I, you know, art emulates life. Life. Yeah. And, uh, and every, when I see those kinds of movies and I see like the end of the world, the Armageddon's, the, you know, 
every once in a while it's like maybe there's a shred of truth to some of those things and maybe maybe yeah. real the Hailbot comet is only really going to only be another year and a half away and before it smack stab into us <laughs> and ends everything as we know it you know well, the polar i read a book a while back about nanites or nano nanobots taking off part of the of the polar ice cap and making it float south and tipping the earth on its on its side Well, there's that one. Um, there's that one uh, Democratic uh, congressman who said that uh, he was worried about Guam because it's an island, and we're packing so much military stuff on there that it might flip over. <laughs> that, that's a real thing. The guy said that you know we've got so many tanks and stuff on there. That's just an island. It's going to flip over. Like it's floating. What's What's interesting is is if you look at and those are our leaders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> If you look at a lot of our, a lot of our, uh, you know, the stuff that we learned in history in school, is not what happened. Mm, you know, it might have been ha- what happened two thousand years ago, or you know, two thousand and forward, but yeah. nobody really has a good handle on what happened prior to that. You know, we we have we have the whole Bronze Age now is known to come from Northern Michigan, the whole Bronze Age in Europe. Okay, there's like. An assload of copper mines on Isle Royale and and the Keweenaw Peninsula. Yeah, and how did they get there? Well, you know, it wasn't how, that how, that Columbus discovered it. People no, no, had discovered this is it a the Bronze Age is two, b- yeah. longer than two thousand years ago. Yeah, no, it's like two thousand BC. Yeah. Okay, so what does that tell you? <laughs> that the Bronze Age was supplied by copper from northern Michigan. Okay, does that mean that somebody was here mining copper? 2000 years BC and brought it over there I mean who the hell knows Yeah You know it doesn't it only takes one polar shift And and guess what we're 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 on we're on our side now all of a sudden the poles are where the equator is and and the um uh and the and where the poles are now are now hot Yeah that's now Iowa <laughs> <laughs> You know and how yeah. do we know? I mean, if you think about what is magnetic north and what is true north, why are they two different things? Well, does that mean that? that uh, oh wait, I think it's what the really po- crazy. Yeah, the the poles oh, yeah. are shifting a little bit, mm-hmm. huh? A little bit, you know, a little bit. How do we know that this didn't happen? You know, four thousand years ago, the fucking Earth tipped on its axis and everything is up is down. the other thing is um, if, if, if you're reading history that's written by someone who is emotionally connected to that history 
it's going to be biased. You know, so if you read um, the history of uh, uh, Genghis Khan from a Chinese hey. perspective, it's going to have a totally different flavor than if you read it from read, someone read the history of the civil it. war in north carolina <laughs> yeah yeah but but this is this is my point is like a lot of the history is written in such a way with such a with 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 biases to confirm a particular worldview yeah you know and and um and and so you you don't always know exactly what to trust and and what to believe um with a lot of that stuff but, I don't um, believe any of it anymore unless I see it. It's 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 very difficult once you you were raised with a certain idea that Christopher Columbus discovered America, and then you figure out that hey wait a minute there's there's a two thousand year old copper mines and they've actually traced that copper back to um, axes and and swords and stuff from the Bronze Age in Europe. Well, if Christopher Columbus decided or discovered America, what the hell did he do? Travel back in time and set up a copper mine in Michigan? Like and the, how does and that the work? Number and the the amount of copper that that came out of here is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, when you think about it, okay, it was enough copper to create an age. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, like, oh wait, an ice age maybe? No, there's enough fucking ice to make an ice age? There's that's a lot of goddamn ice. Yeah. Well, so it's like you you, you see the problem, and and the other thing, um, um, with with one last thing with regards to global warming, and and I, if I say this once, I'll say this a thousand times. If you, if you are getting your money from the government. And you're a scientist, and and pretty much all science is now funded through grants from the government. You are going to have your research say what the government wants it to say, or you are not going to get that grant. Period. End of discussion. Now, what does and the government want? And the government what? wants more control, more power, and it wants to be bigger. So it's going to fund research that allows that to happen. Okay, people, take your heads out of your asses, open your eyes, and stop listening to all this, like, hippie bullshit. Take it. Take your heads out of your collective asses. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And make sure that you don't get pink eye. Wash your yeah. face after that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, in our last, um, in our last, uh, one of our last couple podcasts we've been kind of jokingly referencing hip hipsters and it's caused a little bit of a stir uh, you may have seen uh, chance sanders facebook yeah. update today saying that he wants um he wants to have a reality show where you take uh, hipsters out into the woods or out into the world and make them earn their beards. <laughs> so I got a kick out of that. And then that, that kind of brought up something else. Um, I don't know if you saw the Pajama Boy ad. Oh, yeah. Did you see this? Well, yeah. so basically, if you haven't seen it, you got to Google Pajama Boy. And, and it's basically a, a young, it's like twenty late 20s male and he's wearing footy pajamas. You know, the kind that, like, you put on your two-year-old daughter, and when she's, like, two years in one day, it's, like, too babyish even for her. 
Well, so this this hey, this, I wear footy pajamas. You do not. <laughs> but anyway, so he's wearing these like plaid footy pajamas, and he's got like this smug look on his face, and he's got a warm of warm cup of hot chocolate. Now, hot chocolate is I, awesome. I like I drink hot it chocolate. constantly. But but so you've got this like this a twenty some year old male wearing footy pajamas with a smug look on his face drinking hot chocolate, very likely in his mom's basement. And they put this on this ad to sell Obamacare to twenty somethings, okay? this is a multi multi million dollar ad campaign. And I know a little something about advertising because I have to pay for ads, okay, for my practice. I'm never, ever, ever going to spend multi-millions dollars on an ad campaign unless I have focus grouped my target demographic, pulled them, and figured out what image is going to appeal to them. Okay, they did all of that. And do you want to know what the 20-somethings came up with as, or pulled as this is, this is the image, this is like, for you and me, if you want to sell you and me like anything, like, uh, a knife or something. You're going to put Charles Bronson or Clint Eastwood, John Wayne, somebody like this on the ad, right? Because that's that's who we identify with. That's who we we see him and we see ourselves in there. And it's not like John Wayne, the guy that's the actor, but the characters that he portrays or Clint Eastwood or whatever. You see yourself in there and that's why you identify it with, with it and that's why that's a powerful message to you to get you to buy that knife. Well, who the 20-something saw... Who, who they see themselves as is Pajama Boy. You know, that's that's their version of Clint Eastwood or whatever. So, like, wh- what does that say? What, you know like, what, and, and I, what cracks me up about a lot of this stuff, and I, <laughs> I, I, I don't have the science to back me up on it, but I this is just a gut feeling. Um... To me, I think when these people are doing research groups, they, they don't fucking know what they're doing. They, they really, they think they have some kind of science going on here, but I think it's just junk science, or like sociology <laughs> being a science, like like social science is a science bullshit. That's not a science. It's total, it's whatever. It's, it's pulling, junk science. Yeah, it's, it's junk it's not, science. It's not, a, it's not science like you and I would think of science. Right. So I, so I think of... I. One of the things that was what kind of started steering me this direction was years ago there was a they, a company did a focus group about a particular car and I think it was called a Honda Pilot that square boxy looking thing wasn't that a Honda Pilot Yeah, I don't know it's, you know, it's, it's got the this, new new Coke story only with cars basically <clears throat> well but it, basically what it was was a this car that was supposed to be <laughs> geared toward the young crowd the under thirty. Or the, actually, it was like the 25 to 35 year old, with you know starting out a small family or just putting surfboards on it, going to the beach, and the kind of cool ride that you think that these these kids would like to have. Right. So they so the so they spent all of this money researching this, okay, and they came up with this car that did everything that they wanted them wanted it to do. They it wanted they wanted it to be practical, they wanted to get good mileage, they wanted it to be roomy inside, they wanted it to be able to take the the interior out and hose it out. They wanted it to be able to do all of these things to it. And guess what? When it showed up on the parking lot for the dealers to sell them, the t- freaking young kids that they were focusing on was like, "Fuck that. I don't want that car. It looks like shit." 
I don't, it's awful. And you know who bought it? The damn 50-year-olds. Yeah. All of a sudden, the, it became the, became the, the car PT of Cruiser? The yeah. No, no, no. It was oh. like the Honda Pilot, I think, is what it's oh, called. Oh, okay. Yeah. Google it. It's like, it's like the square. Google that shit. Google that shit. Like, <laughs> Google that was, shit right there. It, it was, uh, <laughs> hang on a second. Well, I think it was a Honda Pilot, but it was, it was like so telling of, but, but that's of, a lot of what more. the research groups do and what these kids, what they're, what they say and what they actually do is always two different things. But, and but I'm telling you that Pajama Boy is not what everybody, that is what, that is what, that may be what the focus groups figured out that they think they want. But the reality of it is, that is not what women want. Not women, but that's that's like, and and not not all. You see what I'm what I'm picking an icon or an image for an ad is not nearly as complex as designing a car and putting all the features into it. So um, one could see how you would make a mistake coming up with a car to appeal to a group of people and making it like the perfect car. But picking an image, that's pretty easy. Like you just show like a hundred images of a bunch of people. You show, you pick, you know, however many thousand 20 year olds and you say, which one uh, like is the coolest image or whatever language you use, and they they focus grouped it and they came up with Pajama Boy. It's it's not a Honda Pilot either. It's, it sounds like the PT Cruiser. No, 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 no. It's I think it was made by Honda, but it's not a it's it's a square box. It's a it's like a total. Oh yeah, it's square... those boxy the Scion things or whatever. No, 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 no. It's no. It's not a Scion. It's got sliding doors. It's got everything I just described. You can hose out the interior. It's got a plastic interior. You can literally well, that's take a what hose I want. to it. That's what I always try to get is the well, vinyl floors and stuff. Uh, <laughs> this is going to make me crazy now because I'm not going to remember. The, I'm not going to figure out the name of it, but it's... Now your dog is, is he, bothering you. He wants to drop something off to me. A toy or something? Yeah, he wants to share with me. But um, No, but, but see... I really do think that they, I mean, these are the, theoretically, if you're the president of the United States, you can get the best ad people in the world, okay? And they're going to, they're going to, if you're going to spend millions and millions or, and millions of dollars on a nationwide ad campaign. Or you can just get campaign, your classroom buddy. Or you can just get your classroom buddy. Yeah. Or your wife's classroom buddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. To or run, your best uh, friend. To, to I mean, run, to, you, to you run, a, tell me to run really the website. Believe, yeah. You you really believe that these people in Washington really give a shit about what what is right and what's wrong and what looks like it's and unethical the and what's well, not? Well, now, now see you've got a point there. Now you, now you're getting to do they really care about the effectiveness of spending your money? No. And believe me, when they're when they're having a multi-million dollar ad campaign, Obama's not spending his money. He's spending yo money. And he's thanking and you know what he's doing? He's thanking the fucking networks. For helping him out and not asking him the shitty questions on IRS, <laughs> you know. Well, so anyway, because but I, you know I, what? <laughs> because that's what their business is all about. People think that the business of news is about the news. Uh, uh-uh. uh it's about selling ads. Well, so selling products with the ads, right? They don't give a shit about selling the products. They they, they give a shit about ads. selling the ads. I see what ads. you're saying. We're, we're, I was thinking of something else. Yeah, they're, they're, they 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 want to sell but, the ad space. But like. <laughs> 
but like when I when I do an ad for my practice or an ad for something else, like I'm gonna make sure that it that it shows what I want it to show, and that it hits hits the right points to yeah, actually well, excite you, you know something why? in the person. Because you need it to be successful. <laughs> if you're the fucking <laughs> government, you don't need it to be successful. Man, I'm gonna have to bleep a lot you, out. <laughs> you, you're just gonna throw throw more money at it. Yeah. Look at the post office. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, we'll just raise the price of stamps again. Yeah, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Maybe we'll cut out Saturday delivery, uh, close a bunch of post office. Or... It doesn't matter. I, I, I fall back on this all the time. The only thing that, the gov- the only thing that our government does is, is blow shit up good. Yeah, they're very good at that. They're very good <laughs> or at Or they that. were they never... when, when they would actually let you blow it up. Yeah, now you got to ask for permission. Yeah, but and they actually have to. They you actually have to have one of your legs already blown off before you can fire back. <laughs> but you know what? It's um. It, it, it is absolutely insanity when we start looking at this stuff this way. You know, when you look at, you know, I always call the, and, and believe me, this is not just the U.S. government. This is the state government. This is the county government. This is the city government. If you are one of those employees, then you somehow or another look at yourself as royalty. Mm. And everybody else works and pays taxes so that you can work. And, and you get to the point in time when you don't give a shit whether or not you're providing a good service or not. All you know is that you have a job and it's funded by everybody else. And they have mm. to. I mean, you know, you've you got to pay taxes. Yeah, you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. So these guys are just protected. And so the, so your whole career is not spent making your customer happy like, like guys that have real jobs are. Your whole career is spent... Making sure that you continue to have a good job. Yeah. It, it's not about whether you are providing a good service or about providing anything other than all you're doing is watching your back the whole damn time. And I don't give a shit who you are, whether you work for the Department of Agriculture, you work for the Department of the CDC. It doesn't matter who you're, you're plowing the roads. It doesn't matter. All you care about is whether or not your job is protected. That's well, and that's that's like with anybody. I mean, that's that's pretty much anywhere. And I don't know why we would expect them to behave differently just because they're in government. Although we do kind of, you know, project some nobility what? onto the the intentions of people in government, which I I have yet to ha- see any evidence that the people in government have principles or have noble intentions or anything. No. You know, that's why I don't want government growing. That's why I don't want government telling me what to do or who my doctor can be or this you know, or that. Our, you know. Well, we've got that coming. Yeah. We've got well, that remember, if, if you want to keep your doctor, you can keep him. Yeah. You know, if you if you uh, if you like your current health plan, you get to keep your current health plan. Oh, and by the way, if you like your current firearms, you can keep your current firearms. <laughs> got to get those in. So we've talked about like 
welfare, government jobs, we've talked about immigration, we've hit on firearms, gun control. Now that's like uh, that's like a recipe for <laughs> building an angry audience. Our guys are gonna, people are gonna blow us up over this one. They have to find us in the frozen north tundra. Yeah, they'd have to be willing to like leave the city to come after us. <laughs> that's why the zombies don't come up here. Yeah, they'd freeze in the winter. They, yeah, they freeze. And um, well, they th zombies usually don't go to the city either because zombies eat brains. You don't see a lot of that. <laughs> so where do they go? Like, they won't go to rural areas. Maybe they're just Atlanta. in Atlanta. Like, they go to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, because it's warm down there, and, and they, they never freezes. And... Did, you see the, did you see the Florida population is surpassing New York's? Yeah. It's because all the New Yorkers are moving to Florida when they retire. Because of global warming. <laughs> Man, we're getting, we're gonna get some. Hmm. Yeah, I pit. You know what? I I remember when my dad was first decided. My mom and dad both they decided that they were gonna winter in Florida. Very nice. And uh, it lasted three years. They got sick of people down there. Yeah, and they yeah. said, "I, you know what? I can't handle it. I, I, I'm moving back north." And I remember, I remember thinking, "God, I, I love winter. I love winter a lot." And and I was thinking, "God, I, I'm gonna dread the day that I actually think that I want to move to Florida because I don't want I don't want to deal with the cold anymore." And I and that amazes me the 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 people. I mean, my neighbor was like he's younger than me and he's like oh i'm so sick of the cold and i i'm just moving south <laughs> and, and, the, and i mean and he sold his house and he moved oh, and and so and and i would tell kathy i say god you know i just am dreading the day when i feel like i don't want to be in the winter anymore because it's just too miserable and i don't i i'm just dreading that day you know it's like i'm dreading the day that i don't i don't burn wood anymore because i like to burn wood i enjoy the the whole I enjoy the cutting. I enjoy the splitting. I enjoy the feeding. I enjoy, I enjoy the warmth of wood, and I'm dreading the day that I can't do it anymore. Yeah. You know, and and I know it comes with everybody, but you know, it's like the cold. I mean, I really am dreading the day that I don't want to be in the cold anymore. Maybe yeah, it I, won't happen. I, my dad's my dad ended up coming home and not and not going down for like the following five years of his life. The last yeah. five years of his life, he was up here. You know, he'd go for a week vacation to visit the, some friends down there, but that would be it. And yeah. he, did, he hated it. He didn't like Florida at all. Well, the 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 only way that those you know retirements away from your where you are used to work is if a whole bunch of people that you know also go down at the same time. You mm -hmm. know, so like snowbirds, snowbirds tend to set up communities of people from their community. You know, so there'll be like a whole bunch of people from Humboldt or from. Uh, you know, some Iowa town all living in one little part of Arizona, you know, within like a block of each other. And mm -hmm. that, that's when that works. Um, I, I like the cold because you can dress for cold. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm real hot-blooded anyway, so anytime it's hot outside, there's not really a way that you can really all dress for that. You just have to be miserable. But um, anyway...
I, I sure wish I could remember the name of that damn car. Now it's just <laughs> pissing me off now to no end. Okay, so what what we I've got to probably get get cooking on my uh, chili Colorado and stuff. Now what now when you make chili Colorado, what is that? What actually well, yeah, is that? I have um, uh, chili peppers, New Mexico chili peppers. You know the seeds of which I grew in Iowa, so they're not really New Mexico chili peppers, but it's the same pepper, just different soil and different oh. climate. And then I dry those out, and then you rehydrate them, and uh, you make like a chili paste out of that. And then you have uh, beef and onion and some beef broth, and you make like a a chili out of it. Mm -hmm. And then um, you take those chunks of beef and that salty, nasty chili stuff, and you put it in tortillas with, you know, whatever fixings you want to have with it, and you just gobble that down. Mm. It's good. Yeah, you'd like it. I, I make... A rockin' chili, and I think that I could win a chili cook-off. Mm-hmm. And I keep I keep threatening to to enter one, mm-hmm. and because um, everybody that everybody that eats my chili, and I always make it the same way. Everybody that eats my chili always says the same thing. My God, this is like the best chili I've ever had. And and it's it's not too hot. It's not too you know. It's not. Um, it's like that kind of chili that that warms your mouth. But it doesn't freaking burn you. Yeah. You know, and I'm not a big fan. And that was a lot of the, um, a lot of the the thing about my chilies is is always been, I don't want it to be uncomfortable to eat. Yeah. I, I don't understand why anybody would make chili that's like so hot that that your that your ears are burning and you're you're sweating and you. I'm gonna cut that out. <laughs> 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 the chili powder is going through you. Or the chili peppers are going through you like it's, like it's. It, it makes no sense to me that it needs to be that hot. Right. If if you want your chili that hot, spice it up later. Um, yeah. But then uh, le- leave the pot for like people with like you know like that aren't that have real taste buds. Whole... That have yeah, real yeah. taste buds. You know. And well, so so when when you taste my chili, you can taste the layers of flavor. You can taste the kinds of meat that I put in it. You can taste the kinds of beans that I put in it. You can taste the kinds of uh, tomatoes I put in it. You can taste all the different spices that go into it. And you can literally, you can taste all of those things, all those different elements, you can taste them Uh in there. And and I think that people are surprised when they have that chili. When they have my chili, they're surprised. They're they're like, holy crap, I can taste this. Or, Uh wow, I I can taste that. Well, when and, are you making me a pot? Oh, next, <laughs> when I come next, up there, I'd be glad to, yeah, I'd be glad to. I love you All know. Right. The thing is, is that that if I make chili, I never have leftovers. It's yeah, it's yeah. always like within. Well, I never have leftovers. I always make a big vat, and and my leftovers don't last long. Yeah, I mean, usually for for whatever reason. Oh, my dog's got my my cord. For whatever whatever reason, whatever event that I'm making chili for, um. Whatever's left over ends up getting separated and taken home, or you know, yeah, or, or I eat it like three days. Within three days, it's all gone. Yeah. And when I make a vat, I make a big vat of chili. Now, now, now what I'm going to do when I come up there, you're going to make the chili, but I'm going to I'm going to make some cinnamon rolls to go with it. Oh, that's fine. That is the best combination you can ever have. Cinnamon chili rolls. And cinnamon really? Rolls. Oh man, that's what what we grew up with in the public schools. They do. Oh. 
pear, chili, and cinnamon rolls. So everyone who went to the public schools in, in my area of the state anyway just loves chili and cinnamon rolls. You know who else has got a good pot of chili is uh, Ethan Becker. Yeah. Yep, he makes a good one. Now he makes that Cincinnati shit with spaghetti. No, 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 no. His, his, he's got a uh, Texas style. It's like oh, okay. um, um, Rock something or other, Rockworth, or he's got some name for it. Um, I know, I know. We were talking up, we were talking about that uh, when I was down there about uh, Cincinnati chili, and I, I laugh. I'm like, the, the, really? It's got spaghetti it's noodles in it. It's its own thing. It. It's skyline chili or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's, it, 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 you, <laughs> it's, it's just a different kind. You know? It's spaghetti with beans. Well, basically. It's freaking meat <laughs> sauce spaghetti with beans. And some cinnamon in there. <laughs> Nutmeg or cinnamon or whatever. In, no, it's cinnamon. Is they it? put cinnamon in it, yeah. Well, Louisville, well, what they'll do is they'll have in, uh, <laughs> you know, like in Cincinnati, they'll take like chili. It's like, I can't even take that serious. I can't. Oh, <laughs> Just you might like it. I'm probably insulting. Well, I've had it, but I I don't like it at all. Well, okay. I, I don't, but then so I mean, then it's, it's not it's, your thing. But no. basically, for our audience at home, what it is is they take spaghetti noodles, and they put them in the bottom of your bowl, and then they put the chili over the top of it. And they put the meat sauce on top of it. The meat right. sauce with beans. Right, and it is. It's not like a chili like you're thinking. It's more <laughs> of like a coney dog sauce or something. But um, and they call it chili. I'm like, uh, what? Well, that's, that's the way they do it, um, but and it's got a little little cinnamon flavor in it. In Louisville, uh, which is just like an hour and a half south or whatever of Cincinnati, they would take uh, a pot of chili like you make or like anybody makes, right. and then they they add like spaghetti noodles to it, just crumbled up spaghetti noodles. So you'll have your chili, and then every once in a while you'll see a little noodle floating by or whatever. But um, <laughs> Anyway, I yeah. So, you know, but you know what? It's sort of like this: if you have barbecue in Memphis and you have barbecue in South Carolina, it's still it's barbecue. Well, it's yeah. meat and different sauces on it. But pretty much, yeah. But the sauces are different depending but, on where you are. Correct. But the main yeah. ingredients are the same. Yeah. You go to fucking Mexico and you have chili. It has no spaghetti noodles in it. No. <laughs> if, you go to, if you go to Minnesota and have chili, it doesn't have spaghetti noodles in it. If you go to New York and have chili, it doesn't have fucking spaghetti noodles in it. It's a regional variation. It's okay, it's not, Jim. It's not chili. I don't... Well, okay, you're right. But, no, I don't... Uh, I mean, I, I, I will eat it as a change-up, you know? It's not you know? chili, though. I, just well, give no, me that. It's not, you're right. It's not. It's not chili. Well, the, the, if you go to Mexico, they would say that our chili is not chili. And, and if there's to, if there's right. tomatoes in it, it's not right. chili. Right. And you and know? and tease it a little bit. I do. I have had it, and I do. I don't. It's a dis, I don't dislike it. I, it's you a know, change and, I, and, I, and I'm just. But I'm just saying that I don't dislike it. If I want to go get a spaghetti dish with cinnamon in it, then <laughs> <laughs> then I'll have some. <laughs> Man, we're we're winning friends and influencing but, people with the last it, hour the, of this. <laughs> but the call My it chili, God. But the call it chili is like, I don't know. It's like it's like having a hamburger and calling it a Chicago dog. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very good uh, that's a very good analogy. Because <laughs> actually, Chicago dogs are all beef, so theoretically, it's a hamburger. It's just in a different form. But <laughs> that's that's funny. I mean, like I said, I I do I have eaten it, and I I don't, I mean, taste wise, I don't dislike it. I mean, it's yeah, it's 
But calling it chili is just the thing that. Well, it's just a change up, I, and it, it's not it's not chili like you're thinking. Uh-uh. But it's 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 an interesting change up is is what I would say. Anyway, so I gotta I gotta do that. I gotta get busy making dinner here. That sounds good though. I mean, I I I, I made a pot of chili last weekend, and I really I love chili. Yeah. Well, chili Colorado is not it's not chili like you and I grew up. No, with. you know it's, what? Is it's that... really just chili peppers and broth and meat and is that look is that is that kind of like the stuff that you have on the top of a of a um a tamale yeah like like that you would pour over like that only it's chunks it's like like that only it's chunks of beef it's not ground beef okay okay yeah so you take uh, you take a chuck roast and you chunk it up and then um i i brown the pieces um crisp them up a little bit and a little a little fat you know one of my and then you simmer that yeah. One of my variations of chili is to make it with chunk beef or chunk venison. That's my favorite way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's one of the... I mean, most people aren't, you know, they're not all keened up on that because it's not what they're used to. Yeah. Um, but you go down south and that's, that's, well, that's a lot Well, that's of, what Ethan Becker's chili is. Yeah. Yep. It's chunked up meat and uh, yep. and stuff. But, um, but no, yeah. But, but one the, of the... My, my secret ingredient is is you can't get it chunked. I suppose you could. I suppose I could do it that way and then add the spices accordingly, but um, yeah, maybe I should try that. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe I should try that. Any chance that it's a Passport? Honda Passport? I don't know. Nope. So anyway, not a passport. Um, th- that's the <laughs> the explosive end to our, <laughs> to our to our to our how to win friends and influence people podcast hey, on. We knives. love everybody. We equally we hate. I should say we love everybody, or we equally hate everybody. One of the two. Right. Oh, and then one other thing that came up on Facebook today: alpha and beta males. Okay. Uh, you number one, you have to be a part of a group for that to even apply. And since I'm really not a part of a group, and I group think and groups basically just disgust me, I'm not an alpha or a beta male. So there's your answer to that question. Next. <laughs> I don't I don't know what the what the question was. What what was the question? Well, somebody was somebody was talking about like alpha males beating up on beta males, and like how it's fun to watch that on TV. And uh, ah. my my comment was is like I'm not really either one of those categories because i'm not a member of a group no group would I have found, me well you're you're a member of the human race yeah but that's a very loose <laughs> loose grouping that's I'm like a, saying you're a duck I'm when a, you're a um, mallard uh honda element Honda. okay honda element that's the that's the that's the one i was looking for the okay. honda element that's the one that you should have so it you does all that stuff the, huh? yeah it's hoses out the inside and i, I it's probably think expensive it was a, though Oh, well, I don't even think they make them anymore. Oh, because but anyways, flopped. it was it was it was built for the young crowd, and they didn't they weren't having any part of it. Okay. Anyways, back to the alpha and beta thing. Um, I've never heard of a pussy called a beta, a beta male. That's what that's the that's the politically correct term for uh, a wussy, a follower, basically, a a very not. I don't know. You'd have to. They're sociology terms, so there's there's actually very specific. That's the um, junk science stuff. Right, but they but <laughs> but they have very specific definitions. But um, it came up in the context of Pajama Boy, 
And oh. I said that I wanted to take Pajama Boy, and uh, I thought he'd make a he'd make a great he'd be great on TV because he'd just be whining and all this stuff, and you'd get to see him completely decompensate and cry. And then somebody said, "Well, it's always fun to see alpha males beating up on beta males on TV." And I'm like, "Well, I'm not really an alpha male, <laughs> you know, and I wouldn't be beating him up the environment." You know, I. But if you if you look up once again, we're gonna start with this big ass rant. Um, (laughs) You know, we were we were talking about this stuff, and and (laughs) we were talking about uh, one of the things about being being a man. And I I I was kind of jokingly the other day. I ran across a couple websites that were uh, one of them was uh, oh what the hell was it? The art of manliness. Yeah, yeah, I've seen this. The art of manliness, and so I and I was I was laughing at this stuff, and I'm thinking, if you're you know if you're like thirty years old and you're googling this to figure out if you're doing it right, if you're a man or not, <laughs> you got some serious problems, dude, and you're not a man. <laughs> you know, yeah, if you, if you have, have to, if you have to ask, the, the definition does not apply. <laughs> exactly, and and uh, and if you're trying to learn to be a man at thirty, it's too late. <laughs> you're fucked. <laughs> you're just not going to be a man. Well, anyway, the, the 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 alpha beta question came up, and that that was my answer to it. And if you look up beta, it should from now on any textbook definition of beta male has to include a p- picture of pajama boy. Yeah, living in mommy and daddy's house in your late twenties, wearing footy pajamas, sipping on a cup of hot cocoa with a smug look on your you face. You know, you know what's interesting about because that? someone I... else is paying your bills. And you're smug about that. You know you're happy about that. What's That's interesting a beta about man. that uh, is the fact that women are not looking for stuff like that anymore. Well, they, they thought they, they thought they were wanting that, but they want they want somebody that can defend them. They want somebody that can can watch a a, a chick flick with them and not feel threatened by it. They want someone who can who who is sensitive to different things that are going on. But in in that context, has the ability to beat somebody's ass if they need to, <laughs> and you or know at least hire someone to do it for them. <laughs> well, and I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure that doesn't have blowback on you. But but um, but I think that there's I, there's there's this thing that uh, that I I think that's why you're starting to see all of this. You know the the hipster axe site and and the art of manliness and and the how to be a man and how to you know yeah. ninety nine things every man has to know and and I'm thinking what the fuck are you kidding me <laughs> what is what is going on with this yeah you have you have to you know uh, sorry yeah epic yeah. fail <laughs> it's <laughs> like epic maybe fail. maybe that's something like you know you should have thought about before you were like past childbearing age you know, <laughs> you know I, like... I actually ran across an article and it was it was interesting because they were saying like uh, sociologists once again the junk science of of, of i mean as and when i say junk science i, I, I know think my global dog is warming freaking out. people yeah global warming people are probably more scientific than sociologists yeah, except that all of their models are wrong. But at least they have a model that has some kind of, you know, it Only follows it's, some it, kind it, of... It, it follows something, but it predicts wrong every single time. Imagine if, if one of uh, 
if one of Newton's laws of motion predicted it wrong every single time. Right. They'd call him a crank and a crackpot. But nowadays, if your model is wrong every single time and never predicts anything right, you get a you get a scientific consensus on it. Yeah. That's yep. how you know it's bullshit. Yep. When it doesn't well, pass the sniff test and everybody embraces it anyway, there's a conspiracy. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that's Man. what and that's what the uh um the uh, the whole the whole man thing is you know you start it, this these group of sociologists were talking about how to screw up boys yeah from from becoming and one of them was you need to be tough you need to be this you need to be that you need to you know you need to act like a man yeah you know what does a man act like you know I I think that that's what the that's what the question is well you they know? don't they don't bluster you know what and puff men their don't chest sit around and and, and I just it just cracks me up men sit yeah. around and they watch TV and drink beer and 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 watch fucking football games on Saturday and Sunday. That's what a man does, really. No, the man is playing the football game. <laughs> I don't even know if that's true. No, or doing the steroid is the steroids are playing the football game. But okay, everybody, I have to apologize. I'm having a dog chimp out here. She's that's okay. She's Put going crazy. Put the microphone by her. You hear all that snorting? That's yeah. my uh, Boston, my Boston Terrier. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry, people. <laughs> doesn't have to be my dog all the time. It could be your dog. Well, this is the first time mine has successfully interrupted. Although, if you listen closely to that Gear Geeks Live podcast, she interrupted that a couple times, but I didn't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was you passing gas. Yeah, that's what they, they're probably like. What's that noise? My God, did he eat bean burritos for lunch? <laughs> But but you know what that's the I think that that's the uh, um, you know that's the I think that's the attraction to the to some of the survival shows I think that's some of the I, <laughs> good God yeah, so that's that's the way man's dogs interrupt <laughs> my dog is a girly here, man dog it's okay leave her leave him alone he's an asshole he doesn't know any better. <laughs> Get away. I'm telling you, she's going to eat your ass up. <laughs> my, my dog is like snorting and like making if she'd have heavy heard that, breathing sounds. If, if she would have heard that, that would have she would have probably shit her pants. Yeah, hey. she would have been barking and stuff. Come here. My dog is what's known in the business as a companion dog. <laughs> like she just wants to like you know be pet and all these sorts of things although she's a very good camp dog you'd be surprised she uh she has a little perimeter that she establishes it and and then she uh patrols it you know and uh my old one was was not good outdoors she's um, she's adorable your dog yeah. is adorable hold on my a second wife would here. love your dog hold on a sec hello yes Yep, I'm filling it out right now. I'll get it back to you. Okay. Yep, yeah, bye. <laughs> that was bullshit. <laughs> okay, I tell so. you what. <laughs> You're not in control of your destiny anymore. Yeah, well, at any rate, I got I to gotta wrap this up here. My dog yeah. is, she's bothering me because she wants you, to go outside. Your, and dog, she's, your dog is really cute. That dog no, she's is, a great dog. That dog is, my wife would absolutely love that dog. My dogs would eat that dog. Yeah, I know, <laughs> would. 
I, uh, so my he, wife, trust me when I say this, my wife would get rid of all of my dogs in a heartbeat to have something like that. Well, she's a good dog. She's oh, like she's, she's a awesome. companion dog, and yeah, she's awesome. She, she doesn't doesn't, doesn't bark, doesn't shed, doesn't uh, bite, doesn't, doesn't bite, poop very big. No small turds, <laughs> all that. Oh man. Anyway, back yeah. back to what we were that, that talking about a, here. Um, uh, it, it's it, it, I think that that's why you're seeing uh, a lot of these shows that are, you know, survival type shows and and uh, Duck mm-hmm. Dynasty type shows where you know you've got uh, you've got definite man hunter gatherer type roles as opposed to you know yeah pajama mm-hmm. boy. I mean, how can you have that much? How can you have that much difference between how you know? Did you ever see those things about how America sees, or how how you see yourself, how your constituents, you know, those things? Yeah, yeah. And and it's like, yeah. how can how can our population be so off kilter when you've got shows like all of the survival stuff is doing phenomenal? Any of the yeah, they're everything crushing else. everything else. And then you have else. you have shows like you have well, you have people choosing the pajama boy as a as a spokesperson, and yet he is not anywhere near. I mean, he is total. He is to, He's like food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure even my weenie. You know, dog I mean, when I when I look hungry. at, I mean, I'm thinking, <laughs> really, that guy is like the first. He's the like the first people that are gonna fall. You know, if 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 the power goes out, they're the first ones that die. They're the first casualties. <laughs> of of every disaster, they're the first casualties. It doesn't matter what it is. <sighs> they're the first casualties. They're not the Oh, speaking of disasters, have you heard the latest about the about the power plant in, in uh in Japan? Can we can we cover this next time? Okay. I really have to go. I don't know. Maybe there won't right. be next time because of the way that thing is melting down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's sign well, off. Let's sign off. Yeah. And let's uh, let's catch up yep. with that next time. Um, remember, get us some emails, and uh, we'll cover your stuff in the rants uh, at uh, podcast uh, podcast at dot com. Sign up for right. the website, Knife Journal. Dot com and sign up for the giveaway of the Skyline Chili Knife. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna have lots no, of no, friends no. in Cincinnati um, now. The sky, the sky I'm giving away a Skyline <laughs> knife. I just and and uh, yep that part I didn't think through at all. It wasn't like I was planning that. That was just that just came out. And um yeah, like us on Facebook and uh. Yep. Remember, keep your knives sharp and your friends sharper. Keep right, right. Yep, you and stay we'll out catch of trouble. You next time. Bye. You too.